Hi, I'm Bukeka. I'm the B. And I'm Enolia. And I'm the E. Together, we are B Empowered. The universe is calling, calling, calling. The universe is calling me to be. Calling me to listen more, talk less, and hold the light. The universe is calling me to be. We believe that deep in our souls, we hold conversations. But for whatever reasons, we do not always take the opportunity to speak from our hearts. We want you to imagine that you're sitting right here with us now, sipping a cup of tea or coffee at our dining room table, and we're having that conversation. You know, the one that encourages, inspires, and motivates you to the infinite possibilities that your life has to offer. Let us help you to expand your imagination, to create your beautiful dream into reality. It starts right here and right now, because the universe is calling you to be. The universe is calling me to be. is calling, calling the universe is calling me to be, it's calling me, calling me. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of BE Empowered with my great friend Enolia, my name is Bukeka, and boy do we have a wonderful treat for you. As you can tell, we are live. And this experience is one that we have been so excited to share with you. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and ask Enolia to introduce herself and to please introduce our very special guest. So hello, everyone. This is Enolia. So glad to be here with you live. You know, we only have a few episodes that we feel that it is important not to just hear the voice but see the beautiful faces and who we have with us this this evening is such a dear and special guest to me because she is the antithesis of empowerment so we want to introduce you to juliet mahapila juliet we are so grateful to have you on and i'm going to just say one word about juliet and then i want everything else to just be unveiled and juliet is a candidate for the president of kenya and we are so excited to have you and juliet when i heard this the first thing i wanted to know was i see you my sister elevated we met on the speaker speakers unit we met just doing women's empowerment speakers unit crossing over with g100 women's economic forum and everything else with you know bukeka saw you we, we we've seen each other and we pass each other by and we're all women of empowerment but there is a story to be heard about just coming to a decision and that's the story we we would love for you to just start us off with in terms of how, first of all, where are you based? What happened within life besides the fact that you are this dynamic speaker that would want you to embark to do more? First of all, I'm blessed and greetings to everybody here today. Thank you so much to the women, in, um, to the Empowered Women program here. I'm blessed to even just be here because without programs like this, we're not able to share our stories. So just to be here, I want to just bring in the warmth and the warmth around the world because um, Bikeka, I just want to appreciate you with our love and the gift of um, solidarity amongst women. And Enolia, thank you for connecting us with this beautiful, amazing um, lady and for me that is really special because I believe in great change makers and thank you for the book as well that attracted me to look at um, um, the, the things you talk about. So what is my story really? My story is first of all can I say I love um, 
the story of the people of Africa. And so I love to tell a story of the people of Africa, hence the reason I just want this beautiful, um, you know, spirit of Africa so that I could bring the people of Africa out. So what made me want to stand is the story of love. When you love a nation, you love to respect that nation. So I just feel that my story about love and looking at how Africa uh, and not necessarily Kenya is um, now affecting us and around the world. So I wanted to be able to also tell the story of the people. I just look at the, the, the stories that are told sometimes and sometimes they don't really reflect uh, what is really happening around Africa. So uh, being in this program, I will empower every single to hear the voices of women, you know, and different women uh, from uh, across um, the world again. Being a candidate for um, president of Kenya or any person going into president, it is something that you think about, you don't just wake up. So for many years, um, I, I, I felt that I wanted to be this Madam President and, and tell the people of Kenya that we are here to make a change. Uh, and I, and I, I actually want to also add, not just change, but transformation or untransformation that can align with what is missing. So my story begins from the thoughtfulness of what is missing. And, and that missing piece is women around Africa are not really seen in presidential position. So if you think about it, very few women go into politics and there must be this kind of gap. So I thought, you know, my background is in social sciences and I thought, what's the, what, what is really uh, happening? So I think that also uh, creates the buzz in me, if I may say so. So that buzz where you want um, you know, to, to, to bring it out for not just uh, myself, but for other women, because I believe that women are at the home of um, a community development. And when you uh, the agenda of women, when the women rights are supported, I believe that, um, we are able to transform our nations. My story begins with thoughtfulness, with respect, with uh, being empowered while I've been in the United Kingdom. And if you think about um, standing in abroad and then you come back home and you want to now share the experiences that you've learned and, but also in, invest in, in our hometowns, I want to give back. I want to and ensure that we are, we are known, you know? And, and so that's, that's, that's more like it. I didn't start my politics in UK. I started my politics as a young girl and my story as a young girl is, and why I say that, because some people will say, but you are a young girl. I always say, I had conversation with my father, newspaper, which they called Weekly Review. And I would want him to tell me, why are you reading Weekly Review? And that was when I was in Kenya as a, as a young girl, because I took interest in the political paper or the, which is it's equivalent to sort of like in London or UK, um, the Weekly, uh, the Guardian newspaper or the Financial Times. So when I really think back, I think my interest in politics started as a young girl. And then there's this incident as well where the former president of Kenya, as a young girl, because I, I was a girl guide, greeted me. Yes, when the president greeted me, I remember coming home that, uh, that day and I was, a, I was the first girl um, at school. And you know, you know, you know as, as girls, you have to salute for your president as they pass in, the, in a line. So as I greeted the president and the president stood in front of me and went like that. You know, I was thinking about you as a little girl and, yes. and then having to, to make that or having made that decision at that yeah. age. What would you, what, what was that? So I have two parts to the question. 
what was the age that you really started to to think as a little girl as a little girl yes. that this might be this, that this would be your your desire as an adult and then two how has that knowing uh, or knowingness all that time carved your experiences um, towards that end, towards your education, towards the, the, the specialty that you're in, social sciences? Um, what were some of the things kind of th that, that you can think about along the way that really uh, e evolved from that moment that you said, this is what I'd like to do? Thank you for that question. So basically, when you, when you think of being a leader, you begin to know inside yourself that actually you begin to see what qualities of a leader is expected of you. So somehow you begin to, after I've just said to you, I was a girl guide. So that moment when the president of Kenya greeted me, um, I remember the, the beautiful vibration as I, might, as I would put it. And I knew from them that, um, yes, I would love to be the next president of Kenya from that moment that I refused to wash my hands. So when that moment happened and I remember the kind of, it took three days or four days to refuse, you know, I would literally, refused to wash my my hands so it was like mom you're not bathing me you know bath everywhere else but my hands which had been greeted that was special to me and um i was now eating with a fork and knife because i was like i had graduated to the next level and that's all i was singing to my mom and my dad. right i think that leadership is instilled in you as you grow up and that shows in my my record a lot of times we think that school yeah. education are yeah. the things that have to give us the leadership but i'll just share with you that you yeah. know my sister and i are like we're 15 years apart right so i grew up in a house full of adults right so it's just my sister and i and my parents and my parents, of course, are going to treat you like an adult, right? There are they're nothing but adults in the house. And my sister is grown. Yes. So by the time I'm eight, nine, she's in her 20s. So yes. there I am in a house full of adults. And, you know, because I'm sitting here listening to you going, when did I first hear my voice and have my voice? Yes. And I realized that I first had my voice because I had no choice but to, to raise my stature to speak like an adult because yeah. I was in a house full of adults and they would not tolerate childlike silliness, like yeah. childlike behavior to engage in the conversation, childlike behavior to say something um, uh, non-intelligent in the midst of a conversation. Right. And so that really developed my leadership because in order to engage, in order to hear my voice heard, in order to make sure that I was listened to, I had to make sense. I had to um, be able to interject appropriately a house full of adults. And it's like, okay, well, wow, I didn't realize it, but I'm sitting here listening to you and going, okay, that's when I knew I was a leader right then and there because I could engage and, and interject with a house full of adults. And Bukeka, I think with your, your family background, it's, it's, it's got to be similar with social activists, correct? It, it is similar. And, you know, my sister and I are, are seven years apart. So there's a couple of things where you find yourself in an elevated level of maturity <laughs> just from that alone. My, my sister would, also, would often call me uh, Mama Bukeka, right? And so there was that part of, of where I needed to care for her. But then there was also the era and the time for which this was occurring. So I was born in 1962 and I was born in the in Pontiac, Michigan, which is a suburb or uh, not necessarily a suburb, but it, it, it's about, it's, it's less than an hour away of the Detroit uh, metropolitan area. So it's a big metropolitan area. And at the time, my father was very 
involved in um, the civil rights, the, the, the development of civil rights offices across the country. He was the head of the civil rights office for Detroit, Michigan and, and Battle Creek, Michigan. And so my world, because my parents actually named me Gretchen when I was born. So another part of the story that kind of ties to what you're saying in terms of something within you knowing at a young age, uh, we were surrounded with people from all over the world. I began to listen to these different names and go, yes. Gretchen? <laughs> Who is this Gretchen person? <laughs> you know, I want one of those names. So my, my father and mother, they were very supportive in me finding a name that um, I wanted. And I wanted a, a book, I, I picked it from a book of African names. So that whole era uh, really spurred a lot of natural leadership because as a young girl, I was out marching with my parents. I had the, you know, autonomy to think, you know, this, this is, this sound, doesn't sound like who I am. I want something that is in alignment with more of who I am. And, you know, then the fact that, like I said, my sister, you know, came into the picture and it was very important for me to make sure that she came in the world with a name that was going to be meaningful. And so my mother and I used to argue about who actually named my sister. I, I, I will always claim it. <laughs> But her name is Makeda, Makeda Liana. It, it, it really is very powerful to get a sense of who you are very young. And then, I, you, and you might not even notice until you're an adult of how that one decision, that one knowingness takes you to a whole trajectory of life that stems from that very moment. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about it, I'm, I'm looking at it as how did I get into public speaking? How did I get into it? And, you know, I think that God blesses us with certain gifts. And I've always, you know, like when I was in high school, I did extemporaneous public speaking. I've always liked to speak. I've always liked to tell stories. And I think it's because my mom told stories and my mom was this great storyteller. And I used to wait for her to get home from work. She worked midnight to 7 a.m., the, the graveyard shift from the hospital. And she always told us the stories about the patients that she was dealing with. She worked in the ICU, the incarnary unit, and heart patients. And then because they were older, typically older, typically, every once in a while it would be younger, but she had stories to tell about their lives, stories to tell about what they did or how they handled something or how they responded to something that was just so funny you know, and I, all of that shapes us, you know? And so when you think about it, how did you fall into that, that, how did both of you, how did you, Bukeke, how did you, Juliet, fall into that public speaking where you knew that you had to be front and center and you just had to have that conversation with people. I don't care who it was. You just had to have that conversation. Back home as a little girl, I was known as a chatterbox. And I still I am, I think. <laughs> so, and I think because um, I, I love to refer as a girl guide, you're taught to help. I, I loved writing poetry from a young girl. Yeah. I always um, performed what we call um, mashairi. Mashairi, you know, it's a Swahili, it's like poetry in Swahili. So I enjoyed things like that. So how did I get into public speaking? When I think back, when I connect it as a little girl, it's obviously if I'm performing right all the way to national level, then that's public speaking in itself. I'm full of a room where people are watching me and clapping me and I'm competing with other intercontinental schools. So public speaking for me, I think started as a, as a young girl again, but I never ever thought about it until probably right now. But I think I then later on, <laughs> I later on, just like yourself, I enjoyed more grown up talks. I enjoyed conversations that were challenging my mind in, in terms of what I wanted to understand. I, I love world history. 
So I, I enjoyed history as a subject and I was, I was really doing well in history, Swahili. So public speaking for me, I think I, I enjoyed watching, um, at the time in Kenya, we had what they call VOK, so Voice of Kenya. So I enjoyed watching people who presented uh, at the national TV. So I think I developed my kind of public speaking at home because I was the eldest girl of my mom. And if children are coming to your mom and your mom as well might be away um, and they finish school and they're stopping on weekends, all the kids come in. You know, I've got to take charge of the other children. So otherwise, my mommy will not be also impressed if things are not the way they're meant to be. So I decided to go to university and study consumer studies and mass communication. At that particular time, I was working in College of Northeast London. One day, the teachers came in and they said, We've watched you grow. We've watched you to. And we think that you have so much to give. And so the college used to offer incentives or benefits um, in, 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 in education. And or there was a decision that was made in, if you worked there, you could have some kind of um, education. So it, it was in form of a voucher. And I looked at it and, you know, while I was serving a cheddar cheese or baguette or tea, they came in and said, there you go, Juliet. Next time I come in, you must pass your education. And so they wouldn't leave, they wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> Put it this way, I had to see them every single day. So my homework had to be done. My, as much as busy as I was, I had to educate myself. And I had to then go into career advice and the career advice was asking me questions. And I'll never forget, her name was May actually. So she said to me, come to the career advice after you finish your work, we'll be waiting for you. And so I go in and they ask me, what would you like to do? And so here you go, tick, 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 tick. Do you love talking to people? Yes. Do you love doing this? Oh yes. Do you love this? Oh no. And so as I was doing that exercise, she goes in, right, for you to get from point A to B to C, you've got to do this. And what did I want to do that time? I wanted to be a journalist. So if I wanted to be a journalist, then I needed to be doing um, mass communication and consumer studies. So we ended up in that pathway. I can see there was a future. I decide I'm gonna add on top of that and specialize. So I decided that I'm gonna to go to a college. And when I went to the college, I was, went to Fulham and I went to specifically study public speaking. Remember in London, English is not my first language. Everybody else accent is English. So it's my accent is like Africans, you know? So I'm sitting down there with big public speakers in that room and so, this is now college, so it's only recently that I'm looking, but that's where I really did my public speaking. So they were teaching us the breathing exercise, the vocal, the everything that you can think about, but it was so specialized in only, yeah. It, I think it goes back to the name again, because yes. I, you know, I, the name was there at six years old, I changed it. And then as an adult, when people started to ask, I would tell the story. Then it began to evolve each time. So they'd say, well, tell us about your parents. Well, tell us about you know, what that meant for you. How did it inspire you? Um, what did the whole meaning of the civil rights movement mean to you as a little girl? So I had to start telling the story. And that's essentially how I came into being a public speaker, because one, I knew or I, it was obvious that the story was important. But the other thing that uh, aided me in the field was singing. My, my mother was a coloratura soprano, and so I quickly picked up that gift because she was right there to coach me along the way, sitting next to her in the car or whatever. 
And so as I became um, uh, acclimated to becoming a songwriter, then the topics of those songs were all inspirational. Um, when I first started songwriting, I, it was all about you know, the, 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 the he loves me, she, you know, she, we, I love him, we're going to be together forever, or why don't you love me, and why doesn't he, you know, that whole thing. That's the era that I grew up in, Detroit, Motown, right there, you know, every single song that you hear on Motown at that time was about, you know, ooh, baby, baby, you give da-da-da, my baby love, right? I'm sure I have no license to do that right now, but anyway... <laughs> It, was, it wasn't long enough for them to catch anything. <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, I, I, I swore that um, I, when I started writing that, that kind of music, you know, with some early bands, and it just didn't fill my soul, it didn't fill my spirit. And so then when I started to actually communicate with spirit, you know, what is it that you want to come from me? And all of a sudden, these lyrics appeared. I am worthy of love, positivity, agape love, heart's desire, one song after another, after another, after another. So as I began to speak uh, more about who I was in the world and marry that with these, um, with these amazing titles and being able to weave the songs in and out of these presentations, that um, took on its own career path, essentially. But I, you know, it wasn't ever, never, ever that I thought I was going to be a singer-songwriter. Guess what I wanted to be, Juliet? A journalist. I have to add that that is really inspiring because I always um, acted, you know, when, oh, I was in the drama, you know, primary school, I was in the drama, you know, like I acted and uh, uh, while we acted, I always practiced, you know, I'm reading news, you know, like I'm, I'm there. So you, you children, you know, good, you know, matangazaji, meaning matangazaji wa Africa, you know, like you, 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 you really there, you know? So, yeah, so that is amazing, Bukeka. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here listening to both of you and yeah. what I'm realizing is that, you know, all of us, we, we enter into this world, right? Especially women of Africa, especially, you know, women of color, right? And there, there's always a defining moment within our lives when we realize that we have to exercise our own empowerment. Yeah. You know, and that we have to dig deep inside and say, you know, if I don't stand up for this, no one's going to stand up for me and nobody's going to, to, to do it for me. I have to dig deep. You know, I can think of several times when I had to do that and see, what I've encountered in Africa, and, and I'm going to go back to when I actually had to do that, but what I've encountered in Africa is I found that some of those moments haven't happened for women in Africa. Yeah. They have not dug, had to dig deep to be so passionate or love something so much that they don't care what they have to give up in order to stand in that authenticity or stand to fight for it mm -hmm. enough, you know? and when it really hit home for me, there was a few times it hit home for me. One of the times I can think that it hit home for me is that I remember bringing home my firstborn, Nico. And, you know, here I am, I'm a brand new mother. My husband at the time was at work and he had like this, this rash, this diaper rash. And I went to the pediatric center where they're supposed to take care of him. The nurse sees me. She goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, I think he has a really bad diaper rash, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, go home. You're just a new, you're just a new mom. Just a new mom. You'll, he'll be fine, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, being a new mother, never having to stand there and, and fight for something before, like on behalf of a, a child, right? So I got in the car. And I started driving away and I got about four or five blocks away. And I said, the hell with this, this is my son. That's right. 
are you kidding me? And I got back out and, you know, I turned around, I got back out of the car. I took him out of the car. I sat there at the counter and she goes, oh, you're back. And I said, you're damn right I'm back. And you're going to go get the doctor because you're not one. And so you're not going to tell me and dismiss me and tell me that what's going on with my son isn't bad. I'm going to hear it from a doctor after it's being seen. And I'm not going anywhere until I'm, I am seen. And I had to demand it. And it was like a defining moment that it was like, if I didn't do something, I didn't realize that with children, you are the only advocate yeah. between their life and their death. I mean, that literally. Is true. And so it was like, I had to dig deep and I had to find that empowerment. You know, there are other times when I was in my early 20s where I had to dig deep and find that empowerment. You know, there's so many times when you when you think back on times when where you thought, how could I have done this better? What what could I have done differently? And that is because we do not necessarily grow up with the idea of being an empowered being. Yes. And so as you go through life and then you become stronger or you you find yourselves in arenas, you know, such as we are today and and you go through life and you think, you know, wow, this was in me all along. And the sad part is that some women never find that or they get to a part in their lives when they feel it, but they don't necessarily feel like they have the time, maybe not even the physicality any longer to really execute on those things. So it may come out in, in different ways. So, you know, the fact that um, we are in an era right now where there are so many women who have embraced their femininity, embraced their womanhood, embraced their feminine power um, is incredible. And, and I'm glad so grateful to be in that space you know um i can literally say that it's probably well i'll tell you when i'll tell you what when it really started for me i'm gonna go back to africa in 2011 i went to south africa i was there for almost 30 days and the day that i came back was thanksgiving eve I believe it was. Nonetheless, it was one of those days prior to the big sale that's going to happen the next day. And I hadn't watched television in three weeks. I was totally in bliss by the, the history, the connection with, with um, African people that it didn't even dawn on me. I didn't miss it at all. So I come home Obviously, in, no, in Kansas, November is very cold, which we know in South Africa, it's very hot, right? So I turn on the television just to check the weather. And the first thing that I saw was this rush of people almost stampeding over each other because of the Black Friday sale. And I, I, it, it jarred my consciousness. I immediately turned it off. And, you know, that, that was like the the very first physical sign that said you are not the same person that you were before and anything that uh, that is unlike the majesty and and power of what you just experienced for the last three weeks must go away it, it can no longer be and so that uh, 2011 trip to to south africa was a was a huge change in my life and, and I think that's when I really began. Okay, we're only, we're only talking 11 years ago, but that's when I truly feel like I began the process of feeling uh, uh, empowered and choosing to have the life that I wanted based on my terms and not other individuals. And I'm going to just interject this and then I want to go to Juliet because this is really important. We want women to hear your story, but mine and Juliet, I shared this with you before was when I walked across the East and West Savo parks of Kenya, 100 miles with the Maasai. And bonding with that motherland 
and mm -hmm. being there with the motherland and embracing it and being in symbiosis and in harmony with the animals there with with the tribe with just everything everything my life shifted on that land the mother just and then um I had also shared this with you too, is that I knew that I was Luya tribe. So I also knew that I was on my mother's tribe's land. Mm. And so it was like, I'm home. I'm home and this is what home is supposed to feel like, mm -hmm. you know? So, wow. yeah. yeah. And you, thank you. Thank you for choosing to come to Kenya. You know, my uncle worked in, um, a Voi National Park. I, I think he used to tell me Savo National Park. Um, let me appreciate my uncle because um, if he's watching, hopefully one day he will remember that I remembered. And let me say also thank you for that uncle because as a child, he gave me my first red watch, which was a quartz. So when I hear Savo National Park, I just remember the red watch that he gave me. But having said that, um, as you were both talking, you know, I, I, I told you earlier on that the children used to come to, you know, I'll take you a little bit back because it's important because you wanted to come to Africa. But as a child, I wanted to go to America and I wanted to go to the West because I wanted to tell the stories of people of Africa. And so I'm taking you back to the scenario of the kids. You know, I told you that we had this black and, t black and white TV and it was so many inches, maybe 28 inches or 24 inches, but it was the biggest in the, in the homestead. So the reason for that was all the kids would sit around and we would, at that time there was a, there was a program that for, for girls, it was called Bionic Woman. So as I saw Bionic Woman, I think because of all the American or at the time, I didn't even know. I still don't probably can't remember, but it was really uh, exciting. And so I used to wonder as a girl, what is it like on the other side? You know, while we are, while we are in Africa and I'm seeing those kind of clips while I'm in Kenya now. So for me, it was always an interesting sort of like divine, like, I really want to go to these beaches, you know. Uh, at the time, I didn't even, I knew about Mombasa, where we have all this beach, but I wanted to see, you know, uh, neighbor, there's, there's another one which was called neighbor. So I only now know it came from, um, uh, it came from Australia, but whenever you were there, everything is United States or United Kingdom. So those are the two things that you know, and in history, UK, you know, you're being taught about this crumble of Africa. So I'm busy thinking, and who are these people? <laughs> and, you know, so, so for me, so while people were wanting to come in to, to Africa, I'm also busy wanting to, to, to explore. So, and that's as a child, you see. So I just had to, my, 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 my flow had to tell you that. And so whenever I think about telling the story, I also tell you that, I wanted to be a journalist. And the reason for me wanting to so much want to, to tell their story was because um, I enjoyed to, um, you know, I would sit, you know, uh, where we come from, where my mom lives in like, one side is really poor, you know, like you can really see it's not really okay. The other side is really lovely. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, but why is this area? We just sort of like, it's like a, a main road dividing us. That area looks like it's really rough and this other side is affluent. So what's really going on? And I started asking those questions while I was actually a young girl in Oli and Bukeka. And so for me, I wanted to be able to express. So you would find me sort of like walking down the road sitting down and, you know, and helping the mothers in the market, um, uh, listening to their stories, what is it like um, uh, for them to uh, allow us to go to school. And again, I connect that with Girl Guide. So I want to tell their stories. I, wanna, I, I want to sort of like um, explain what is going on and what are they saying. And I, 
I feel energized uh, beautifully here. So I want to say to you that I've been starting a program as a little girl, which I called it Smile. As a little girl, I called my little project Smile because I wanted to tell, uh, to make every um, mother, uh, you know, in the market to smile because they've had a long day. They've literally... Uh, been sitting down there and selling the fruits and vegetables. And so I'm sitting down there and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So I go back home and I say, mom, uh, I told you I didn't really, you know, I, I never really enjoyed education, especially mathematics. I didn't like maths. I don't know. My mom says to me, well, um, the only thing you've got to promise me is you've got to learn how to count your money. So that's what my mom said to me. And so she said to me, uh, and the way we're going to do that is we are going to, you must do something that you really enjoy doing. So I think she brought the fact that I do well when I'm doing my own little thing. So she says to me, um, in order for us to, you know, not fall out in homework. So I chose this little project and I, I called it Smile. And I have written a story about my smile on a women's, um, on the eighth, you know, we normally celebrate happy women's day, International Women's Day on the eighth. So I, I've written something behind that. So the story is like, um, I wanted these um, women, uh, mothers in the, in the village to, to really tell their stories. And so here I am as a girl, I'm, I'm going to the market, not because we are, Poor, but I'm just doing a hobby again. So I decided that my project, which was for Smile, I would sell what you call mandazi. Mandazi is like little dumplings. So for me, it was a reward as a girl giving my dumplings to every single mother. So I'm now learning how to cook. And so, so and also I want the business. So my mom is exchanging that, okay, I'm giving you how many hours and we have to agree between what time I'm allowed out between, you know, that sort of, so you can just imagine me cooking my dumplings, taking them to, 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 to the market. I, my, my, my main area is what you would now call CSR, which is a corporate social responsibility, but mine is just to give them, but I don't, I'm exchanging it because I, I need to buy my, my flour for the next thing, for the next day. So without realizing uh, that I'm also now learning my business skills, but I'm just literally saying, right, ma'am, uh, I'm going to take these dumplings, uh, but we call them mandazis to the, to the mothers because every mother has to smile and that's what I want to do. So I, I, I really share that story, but also that inspired me to be a journalist because I feel that their stories were not being told. And every single time I went home, uh, what was I really looking for was I was looking for girls that were not actually going to school because I remember one of the conversations that has a girl, has a girl guide, they will tell us, if you see something that is not right, you need to tell us. But actually, I was also engaging with grown-up talks, as you were um, speaking and earlier, that just came into my mind. And so I was also looking out for young girls, if they didn't go to school, what was the reason they didn't go to school, as I gave them their smile. And so... So, so this kind of exchanges were happening in the market and I really enjoyed the market life. You know, I really enjoyed the, the, the little town that we had for Kepa. And so for me, that takes me back to why I really uh, wanted to be a journalist. And, and so um, I wanted to tell the stories of the mothers on um, social inequalities the hardworking mothers of how they have to work so hard. I wanted to tell the stories of uh, young girls who hadn't been to school because maybe they didn't have school fees. I wanted to tell the stories of maybe the diseases that were affecting the mothers about that time. I wanted to tell the stories of um, uh, maybe there was no water or maybe uh, what the uh, mothers, were, uh, the, the, the women were talking about. I wanted to explain uh, about um, uh, what it is um, a market life looked like 
And I also wanted the, the mothers to really smile and be happy for raising great children uh, in, in our village. So I became this chat, you know, I told you I liked chatting. So in fact, if you came to our village on that time, they said I talked too much because that is what I did. You know, I was literally like an outgoing fan girl and I was known to be that way. So that's how I was learning my, um, my mathematics because mom would give me money. And then out of that exchanging of money, I needed to explain to her how I minus the, 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 the bill, you know, the, the, the calculations. And then I needed to show her what profit I was making as well at the end of my shift, as she called it. And I needed to also learn that her kitchen was her kitchen. So I needed to learn how to clean her kitchen and make sure that I returned her kitchen and the space as I found it. So I think those little responsibilities that come in from a, a child and all that really helped me to shape me and taking responsibility uh, from, from, from a young girl. Uh, and it was there again, I began my business skills, my entrepreneurship skills. So when I think back, did I really start business in, London? The answer is actually no. I actually started business when I was a young girl at that smile project, which I only did it as a hobby, actually, because, you know, it is something that I just want my, that, that you know, I was exchanging with my mommy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was just exchanging because of mathematics, really, because I didn't like maths. You know? <laughs> This is so, so beautiful because what I really want to press upon our audience yeah. is that we are just real women yeah. coming from different walks of life. Yeah. You know, people, you know, will say, oh, well, this person has to be elevated to here in order yeah. to make a decision that you've made in your life, yeah. a yeah. courageous one that you have. And yes. I, I just, you know... I, I want to impress upon women that we are our gifts. And the yeah. whole thing is that we just choose not to hide our gifts. Okay. Our gift of oration, our gift of having courage, our gift of, of being able to elevate someone else in lieu of ourselves, being able to elevate ourselves in lieu of everyone else. I mean, we are our gifts and we are our strengths. And when we dig deep within ourselves, to find it within ourselves, to stand up for what we believe in and who we are and what we are, whether it is being the next president of Kenya, whether it is orating in front of those hundreds of women, whether it is singing in front of that audience that you know needs to be inspired because they just went through heck, going through just day-to-day -day life that it's the same courage it's the same being and that our stories are everyone's stories and that our stories are the stories of every little girl that's growing up it's that when we learn to honor what we are within and just bring that forward and say i'm enough yes i am enough and i am here and i will be heard and you will recognize what I bring to the table and I am of value. And then what I have of value is worthy to be seen, heard, listened to, embraced, embodied. That this is what it is all about. And that we don't have to put people on pedestals, but that we can sit in circle and I can look at you Juliet, and I can look at you, Bukeka, and say, I am sitting with my sisters. I am sitting with my sisters, and we are all empowered. And I, I really want to impress upon this message to those who are listening, because all it takes is your courage and your strength to stand up in whatever that is, and that it is all worthy, and that it is all significant. And it is all important in the faces of no matter who is looking and who is judging and who is perceiving. And then that 
we are here and we're not going anywhere. We are here. So, you know, I'm looking at us and I'm saying, we are sharing something really important here. We're sharing what it took in our childhoods and everything to cultivate where we are. And if you're one of those people where you know it's within you, but it's been stifled and you know it's within you and you haven't had the courage to bring it out, bring it out because nobody can do it for you. No one can take the step for you and no one can take the risk for you or the strength for you. And don't think that we haven't fallen down in order to stand back up, you know? So, you know, what would you share with the studio audience that would say, you know, reach deep and, 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 and find it within you to make that choice? What, what would you share? Well, I'll go ahead and <clears throat> start. Um, what I would share is know your worth that your worth is inherent, that there is nothing that can keep you from being worthy. Only your thoughts about who you are keeps you from having the experiences that you are worthy of having. It is not anything that you have to um, prove. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to... Um, take any kind of action that tells people I am worthy. As you stand where you are, as you sit where you are, as you, in, 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 in all of your, uh, what a friend of mine used to say, warts and all, right? We are worthy. And so with that, when people ask, you know, well, what does it mean to be worthy? Especially when so many people feel a sense of worthlessness. What does it really mean? And really all it means is to just remember you as the person who you are, are whole in every way. It might not feel like it. It might not seem like it based on the situation that you're in right now. People may have told you, you are not worthy. You are, people may have even said you are worthless. But by the mere fact that you can breathe, that you can touch, that you can be in the skin that you're in, you are worthy of being your most magnificent, magnificent self. And no thought that you have otherwise would ever change that. That was beautiful, Buteka. Um, and what I could share is um, everybody has got a sense of gifts that they were born to. And um, everybody is a star. And everybody has been born by a mother. And everybody has got a chance in life. You don't have to think that you don't have a chance in life. And I say this because, you know, I shared with you ladies that, you know, my primary, secondary, my primary school, I was this child who was um, not expected to go to university, but I'm actually the child who also completed university. So I want to inspire every single person to understand that you can be what you want to be. You can be the gift and the dream that you aspire to be. You can be the voice that you want to be. You tell yourself a story. You tell yourself um, and look back in how you want to create your life. And it is a journey. I don't want to tell anybody it's not a journey. It is a journey. But that is what is so special with a journey because the journey has got a beginning and an end. 
And in every single thing that we do, it is the challenges that make us become better. So I want to take the position of challenges make us grow. Challenges allow us to um, be better people. Challenges allow us to support and create solutions. Challenges allow us to problem solve. Challenges allow us to think what could be done better. Challenges allows us to inspire other people. So I also want to take a position of understanding that we all have a sense of love. Nobody was born not to understand what love, um, you know, the, we, we, all, we all can spread the gift of love that we have with that. And that sense of um, spread of um, the gift of love is once you perceive it and you understand um, uh, the sense of smiling, you know, that kind of projection of smiling. Um, and I take that because of my little project of smiling. You know, whenever I would see those women just smile, oh, and they would take their money out and say, tomorrow, bring me my next mandazi. And this project just became bigger and bigger and bigger. And I would love to write a book just for that little project. Um, I want to say that we are all gifted to add somebody else's life, uh, to add value to someone else. There is the little things in life that we do that makes the biggest um, impact in the world. And so every single one of us is competent and is capable. And I want to add to what Bukeke is saying in adding value. So additional value that we all have that kind of um, um, sense of um, being able to make, uh, be kind and be compassionate and be able to to share whatever it is you have. We all have it, but it's how you detox yourself. It's how you um, a, a invest in yourself. It is how you um, begin to uh, appreciate the universe that the universe has it for each and every one of us. So I want to um, say that the universe is here for all human beings, the universe is here for all citizens, the universe looks after us, the universe gives us beauty in a world that is embraced with different nationalities, different types of people from different backgrounds, different types of um, opportunities and different types of accessibility. But it seems this um, a projection of um, are thinking that um, some nations are not as good as others. So I want to leave people with a sense of um, um, a love and I want to leave people with uh, the spirit of um, a, allowing us to spread the love of, um, of, of our universe here today and say that when we learn as people to respect each other, to find forgiveness in ourselves, to find the sense of saying the word sorry to each other, to find the sense of telling our world that we are sorry. We know that we have wronged you. If it's, for example, we haven't looked after a tree, it is my sense of pride as a woman, as a human being, as a person to water you. If I have not recycled my plastic bottles, it is my sense of love that I will now begin to recycle that bottle. It is uh, my sense of pride if I learn to be thoughtful to my planet. So I want to leave people with that kind of inspiration and say that um, the beginning of us to, uh, to, to really love each other is um, being yourself and being yourself means that you are the center of who you were created to be. Wow. Oh my goodness. I'm going to leave it with something really simple to finish it off. 
And I'm going to leave with something that I say all the time, which is dream a beautiful dream or you will be dreamt, which is that if you don't hold a vision for yourself, yes. then all you will do is live a life fulfilling what other people perceive you to be, judge you to be, expect you to be, and you will never be what you want to be. Yes. Dream a beautiful dream or you will be dreamt your whole life. And when you hold that vision, then you can make life a walk to that vision and you can fulfill it. But you have to hold it. You have to dream the beautiful dream for yourself. And on that note, this has been another episode of BE Empowered. Oh my gosh, thank you, Juliet. Thank you, Bukeka. I love it, I love it, I love it. Thank you so much for being here. And we are just so grateful for having you. And we hope that our audience has had the opportunity to really get to know you, Juliet. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows in the future. To learn more about our co-hosts, check out their websites, www.bukekastyle.com and www.enolia.live. Learn about their masterclasses for conscious transformation, their personal coaching, along with their international retreats and expeditions. Are you an entrepreneur looking for another line of income? Check out www.planetmarketing.com slash enolia and www.planetmarketing.com slash bblakemore. We are here to transform your life. Thank you for listening.